Hello, everybody. Welcome to our evening broadcast. I am Meg, and I'm here with Newark UPC on our digital campus. And I just want everybody to take note. Now I'm all turned around with the camera being opposite. I've got a skyline background here too with the UFO. And uh, I just want everyone to see the fancy screens that everybody else is using these days. I'm doing it old school. I got my skyline. This happens to be actually it's not it's 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 a picture of Times Square in New York City and it's a puzzle. It might be hard to see that, but this is a puzzle behind me and it has, it's very special to me. I'm not a puzzle person. In fact, I hardly put any of these lovely pieces together. Uh, but in St. Louis, when uh, my husband and I lived in St. Louis, we were part of a small group at our local church there. And uh, they uh, uh, helped me put together this puzzle behind me. And it was something I laid out on my coffee table and I would keep out on my coffee table. I don't know how long I had it out there, a couple months at least. Um, but every time we had small group, our group would start off by piecing together a few pieces. And so it's very special. I matted it and framed it and it's moved a thousand times <laughs> along with the Rosh and I as we have finally landed here in our little blessing of a home. But that's another story for another day. Uh, we want to welcome everybody onto the live broadcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. If it's your first time with us, we want to extend a warm welcome. This week, we are going to be tackling some why questions. And so this is going to be kind of a fun week. It feels a bit like a potluck, as we like to call it, because topically, we're kind of going uh, here and there with why why questions, anything can follow a why blank, why? But I want to make a special announcement because I need all of our listeners, our Newark UPC family, you guys got to come through for us on Wednesday because the Wednesday night live, which live Bible study typically is a Bible study. Pastor Stephen has volunteered himself to put himself on the chopping block. And our Wednesday night, following the theme this week of why questions, our Wednesday night Bible study is going to become, are you ready? And ask the pastor, well, no, let me, re ask Pastor Stephen anything. So I texted him the other night when I was preparing, you know, for, for tonight's message, I said, now I know you said, it can be an ask the pastor anything question night, but really, what can what can be asked? You know, what parameters? He said there aren't any. Really, so I have heard some questions that some people are preparing for Pastor Stephen, and I think it's going to be super fun. I don't know if Pastor Stephen's going to feel like it was super fun afterwards, but. Um, Hey, he volunteered himself. So uh, giving you a heads up this Wednesday night, come prepared with anything you want to ask Pastor Steve, and it should be a fun night. But for us tonight, we are going to tackle um, one of the a why question. I wanted to uh, have our Sunday tied into our theme of the week and start us off 
with one of these why questions. And the one we're going to be looking at tonight is as as followers of Christ, why is a personal heart check kind of Christiany churchy language, but I think most of us can follow. Why is a personal heart check an important part and an important practice in the life of a Christian? And I'm going to dive right in to a couple statements here that kind of answer that question. But as I go through our message tonight, I want to kind of unpack these next couple statements that I'm going to make about why, as Christians, personal heart checks, checking our hearts, are an important part of our Christian lives. Personal heart checks are important to the Christian life because they act as a spiritual check and balance system for us. The practice of checking our hearts, doing those heart checks, um, however we do that during our personal time with the Lord, through prayer, reflection, you know, the list goes on. But however we check our hearts, maybe it's through conversation with a trusted friend or leader uh, or parent or, uh, like I said, in, in prayer. But however we do that. When we check ourselves, God, it gives God the opportunity and, and, it's, and we invite God, we invite his spirit to come and to continue the ongoing process of transformation in us. Okay, so there's kind of some full sentences there, uh, but I wanted to set that statement outright. And as we go through our lesson tonight, we're going to look at this checks and balance system, this practice of what a heart check looks like, and how God uses the opportunity, if we'll check our hearts and humble ourselves, to continue that work of transformation in us. If you would just pray with me tonight, I'd really like to open with prayer before I go any further. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your presence here tonight. We're thankful for this digital platform. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters across the airwaves, God. Pray blessings on them, Lord. Keep them, God. And help us to continue to love one another uh, in whatever ways that we can during this time. God, I pray that our hearts be open to you tonight that this lesson is something that can settle on uh, hearts and ears that desire to continue to honor you with our lives. Lord, maybe we can do a personal heart check right now as we listen to this broadcast. Maybe it's something, Lord, we can uh, purpose to do in our prayer time this week where whenever we find that with you. But God, I pray that uh, this fall on soil, on good ground, as the scriptures say, and something can be planted tonight. I trust you, Lord, and I thank you for your spirit. Help me to deliver this this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking a moment to pray with me. So, why the personal heart check? 
Well, let's start off by talking about what we mean by a heart check. We hear this kind of expression used in various contexts, including in church. Check your heart. Do a heart check. But in order to do this heart check, there has to be something in which we measure our hearts against. What that something was before you came to a Christian, before you became a Christian, informed who you were, what you believed, and how you lived. All of us have that, those things in our lives or inspiration in our lives or things that inform who we are and what we believe. But when we choose to respond, when some of you chose to respond, when that happened to God's invitation that he extends to all of us, and when we became Christians, Christ followers, disciples, the tool that we use to check our hearts now is the word of God, our Bible. It's the inspired word of God preserved and given to us as his children to inform who we are, what we believe, and how we should live. So we've established that we now have this tool that we need to live for God. So why continue? Why, why these personal heart checks? Why check our hearts? And to begin to answer our why this evening, I I need to go back to the beginning. The short answer is we need personal heart checks because of sin. It's really honestly as simple as that. The fall of humanity uh, is recorded in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, where we read that sin entered the world because of the first humans, Adam and Eve, because of their sin and disobedience to God's instruction, not to eat of the fruit of just one particular tree. Before their act of disobedience, there was no need for a heart check. Humanity's desires perfectly aligned with God's because there was no broken humanity. There was no brokenness in our world. There was no need to check the motivations of our hearts. Humans were designed as whole beings, perfect and without sin. And the world that God designed was also whole and perfect. But sin broke it and changed our relationship with God with one another, and with our world around us. In the same way, it broke and changed the world that God had created. So nothing is as it was designed to be by God, as we know it. Since the fall, crime, hate, violence, murder, disrespect, sicknesses, illness, and even death, because We were not created to die. So now in our broken humanity, our desire is not naturally towards the things of God, nor is it to please God. So these heart checks 
they're grounding for the Christian life. And we have to be aware that we need to practice checking our motivations. Um, and often we need to be intentional about doing these heart checks in order to be submitted to the things of God and the word of God. But, you know, we're, but we're Christian, you might be thinking. I, I, I made a choice when I put my faith in God and I've repented for my sin and I've been baptized by water and by the spirit as the scriptures tell us. And so, yes, those decisions demonstrate your love for God, demonstrate my love for God. But the reality is, and we don't like this reality, we're still broken and we're still living in a broken world. And even as Christians who desire, whose desire is to please God with our lives, we will continue to fall short and we'll continue to sin at times. And again, it's not a reality we really like, but it's better to just see it for what it is and be honest about it because God can work with an honest heart. God can transform and continue to transform a heart that desires to get back on track when we find that we've gone astray from the ways of the Lord. But on the same note, God cannot work with a heart that believes it's already perfect, that it's already perfected everything. So don't lose hope in your brokenness. As the saying goes, we're sinners saved by the grace of God. Amen. And we still have remnants of that sinner creeps up, that pops up from time to time because of our flesh and our humanity. And those things will always be in tension with the word of God because of sin. But we strive and the Holy Spirit helps us while we're still in this world to live a holy life. And we will work out some of these unchristian attitudes. Heart checks, I just wanted to say, for the purpose of this evening's message, yes, heart checks are to reveal things like sin. That's important. But also tonight, I mean heart checks in the sense of our motivations behind actions and thoughts and behaviors, our uh, the way we approach decision-making. Um, some of these things, they're not sin, but they might be, we might find ourselves having some stinky unchristian attitudes or acting ungodly at some time, at, at points. And so we'll, we will work out some of these things in our Christian life. We will heal from some hurts. We will overcome some of our past sins. But the Apostle Paul leaves us with this expectation and the hope that the perfect work will not be evident. It won't be seen until that one day, whether we're taken by death or taken up with the Lord when Jesus returns for his church, when we will be presented blameless and perfect before the Lord. So it's a work in progress until that day. And 
we will see what Adam and Eve knew but lost and what God had intended for his creation all along. And I think that that's something worth hanging on and something worth working towards. Amen. I want to know what it was like before sin. I want to know what I would look like if I was perfect. Come on, anybody? Or with the world? I mean, I almost imagine if you have ever seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the old version or the new one, I prefer the old. Uh, But I just imagine, I don't know, could you eat the tree? Could you eat the bark off the trees? Were the rivers chocolate? I don't know. If, If it wasn't Eden, maybe it could be heaven. Just giving God some suggestions, but I know he doesn't need my suggestions. But whatever it is, we will know what perfection looked like uh, and what Adam and Eve experienced before sin. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, I know some days are hard. Uh, Some days it doesn't seem worth it to do the heart checks. Some days it's hard to do those heart checks. It's hard to want to care. It's hard to want to do it. It's hard to want to call uh, something wrong or sinful or bad or ungodly. It, it's, sometimes it doesn't feel good to push through the days when our flesh rears its ugly head and wins out the day. Believe me, I know. I got three little ones in the house from almost six years old down to uh, almost seven months. <clears throat> Some days my flesh wins. But is it their fault? No. All right. We're not going to go there. I'm not going to go pointing fingers. Um, But believe me, I know it's hard some days, but God doesn't expect us to achieve perfection. So let's not put expectations on ourselves uh, that God doesn't even have for us. However, he does expect to use the language of the evening. He does expect us to do these heart checks, to check our hearts. Um, that we check our motivations, and that we see things and call things as they really are when we measure them up against the Word of God. So a heart check, I've already mentioned, is like this uh, system of checks and balances for our spiritual life. As we grow in relationship with God, and as we choose to turn from our own ways, and adopt God's ways, we have to do this with honesty, with an honest heart. And we have to use the word of God against our hearts like a mirror. Hold it up. Check our hearts. What is the word of God revealing that is unchristian in my life? We can ask ourselves questions like this. What is just flat out sin? What? Uh, It's the practice, it's the discipline of questioning ourselves and our motivations and asking ourselves, does this line up with the Word of God? And when it doesn't, we need to know how to make ourselves right before God again and again, because it will be again and again. And whatever isn't a reflection of the Word of God, we must be willing to Humble ourselves before the Lord and repent. Repentance is that act of being sorry for the wrong in our lives and desiring to change it, you know, literally meaning to turn 
in opposite direction. And so when we see the wrong in our lives, God desires that we repent, turn towards him, and seek his forgiveness. And God will always, always meet our repentance with his forgiveness. Amen. I'm sure there's a couple amens across the screen as we think about times God has forgiven us and met, met us in our place of repentance with his forgiveness. We thank God for that liberty. So when we check our hearts against the word of God, we're doing what Proverbs chapter 4 Verse 23 tells us as Christians to do. It says to guard our, guard our hearts. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For everything you do flows from it. Now, notice that this verse didn't say, above all else, follow your heart. Like most magnets and cards and T-shirts and notebooks we see, those graduation cards, it's always on there somewhere. Although I understand the, you know, message of, you know, empowerment and freedom and, and these good intentions behind this popular advice, for us as Christians, to follow our hearts would mean that we're the ones that are responsible for directing our path. And we have to guard our hearts against that. Because another proverb tells us that we are not, in fact, responsible for that role. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, and I'm sure some of you across the screen can just say this one with me through uh, by memory. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto, you, unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him and who? The Lord. He will direct your path. So this is a great example of why heart checks are vital to our Christian lives. It affords us the opportunity to align or realign ourselves with the word of God. Our heart checks keep us grounded when we've gone astray. And as much as we don't like to admit that, it is inevitable that we as imperfect Christians, that might be an oxymoron for some, but it's biblical, we're imperfect Christians, uh, we will take over that driver's seat on the road of life and just bump Jesus to the back seat where he's gonna get car sick because I know how some of you drive. I'm Not me, I'm, I'm a good driver. But we bump God to the back sometimes, we take over and when that happens, it requires that that we're honest with ourselves when we realize that where we're going is not where God is leading. And so a heart check will give God the opportunity to redirect us, redirect our path, and to put him back in that driver's seat when we've gone off course. And so, again, this message tonight is nothing new. But I can just imagine those listening across the airwaves, I got people saying, God's brought me back many a time. And we're thankful for a God when we humble ourselves who responds to uh, our the desires of our heart, which is to realign ourselves back up and get back on course with him. Amen. 
So most importantly tonight, when we practice these heart checks in our time with God, we're allowing God to continue the ongoing, I said the ongoing work and process of transformation in our lives. The work of transformation is the work of, that only God does. Only God. It's the business God is in. He's the expert. He's got the highest degree. And we have to just be frank with ourselves that we can't do what only God can do. We're not responsible for that as much as we think we could do a better job. Nope. We can't. Um, I want to turn here to a biblical example that I think kind of demonstrates the importance of this heart check and how God responds to us when we do this. We're going to find ourselves talking about the biblical uh, great name, the uh, King David, who uh, were initially introduced to as a young shepherd boy in scripture. And eventually we find that he's been hand-selected and appointed by God himself as the king of God's people. And David's described by God in scripture as a man after God's own heart. We first see it in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. It reads, but now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Speaking to King Saul at the time there, the prophet speaking to King Saul. But I'm focusing on that description of David. Now, uh, Joyce, I don't think I gave you this verse, but that's okay. Um, we also see this description of David. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, Paul quotes this Old Testament passage and it says, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. God said this about David. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this description has got to be one of the highest compliments coming from the God of the universe. I, I would love for God to say something like that about me, which is why he probably won't. But it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, it's an it's a, a amazing um, thing for God to say about you. And But what struck me about this verse is that God said this about David. Before he was King David, before he was the big shot, David was a young man, he was a shepherd, but he, he had already experienced God's faithfulness. By the time God hand-selected him to be the next king following King Saul, David had already had some experiences with God and his faithfulness. With God's help, David had killed a lion and a bear that threatened his flock of sheep. And then David was about to experience the faithfulness of God again as the one who would kill 
the giant Goliath, that popular children's story that I'm sure so many of us are well familiar with. So when God called him the man after my own heart, David had not yet accrued some of these other labels that you might know him for in scripture when he was king. And they're not as nice and they're not complimentary at all. Um, If you're unfamiliar with the biblical character, David, over the course of David's life, after becoming king, uh, he committed some egregious sins, including deceit and murder and adultery. And so, how did this sinful, this sinful man, now that we see those descriptors, remain a man after God's own heart? I want to take you to a passage in Second Samuel, chapter 12, and we're going to be reading verses 5 through 13. And this is going to be an example to all of us and kind of where I'm landing tonight. The prophet Nathan rebukes King David for his sin against the Lord and tells David a story that foretells the consequences that David would reap because of his sins, murder, adultery. And we'll read that in the passage. And David, David doesn't like what the prophet had to say. And that's why I'm picking up in verse five of chapter 12. It reads, David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. Now, this is David referencing the story that the the prophet had just relayed to him. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives in the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the words of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with your sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Because of what you have done, I will cause your household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all of Israel. My focus is really right here in verse 13. Watch what David does in response. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. David performed a heart check and it revealed his sins. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. Now, there were some consequences that follow in that passage for David and that he endured. But David performed a heart check 
and the Lord met him with his forgiveness. I know I'm bouncing around to scriptures, but with that passage in mind, I want to turn our attention to a verse of scripture in Matthew chapter 20, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Because remember, tonight is about our heart checks. Why are they important part and why are they an important practice in our lives? Matthew 6 and 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I bring the example of David's life and this, the depth of sin that he fell into to point out, point this out, I'm sorry, as an example to all of us as Christians and as those who love the Lord. David didn't do some, obviously, didn't do some things right. He sinned bad as, a, as king. But he had what's written right here in Matthew 6 and 21. He had something right. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. David treasured the word of the Lord. He treasured the law of the Lord. Uh, we can read how much he treasured it. In, in the book of Psalms, we know that much of the book of Psalms is credited to David and him writing them. And in those Psalms, when you read them, you can just tell his treasure was deeply embedded in his heart. The word of God, the laws of the Lord, they were embedded deep in his heart. And although he did great wrong and sinned, he submitted himself to the law of the Lord. And the scripture tells us that that pleased God. So I'm not using David's great sin as our example tonight for us as Christians. I'm using David's response to his sin, this heart check that he did as an example for all of us, each of us, myself included, tonight. David did great wrong, but he was honest with himself. He humbled himself. And he measured what was in his heart against the word of the Lord. And that's what revealed and helped him realize his wrongdoing. He's also this example to us tonight of how to respond. He made himself right before the Lord. Didn't run from him. Didn't reject him in the long run. He ran back to him. And through the act of repentance, and repentance reveals where your treasure is. It revealed where his treasure was. It reveals where our treasure truly is. Heart checks help us to get grounded again, back in the word of the Lord and in the ways of the Lord. It realigns us. It helps us to get back on the right track. So they're a good practice and they're a needful practice for us as Christians. Amen. So reading this verse out of Matthew 6 and 21, in light of David's example and in the necessity of checking our hearts, I kind of viewed this verse, I read this verse now in a different way than I had before, you know, before I would read that where your heart, 
the, where your treasure is, your heart is also. I thought, yeah, well, I treasure the things of God, and that helps keep me from sin. And that is, in fact, true. It helps me make decisions that honor God. And that is, in fact, true. But when I do what I know not to do, when I do what I don't want to do, act unchristian, or just flat out sin, that very practice of a heart check reveals where my treasure truly lies. I can choose to make things right, or I can choose to continue doing what pleases my flesh, as we say, what pleases our humanity. Just like David, the treasure of his heart was not was revealed not in his perfection of the law. He was far from that. The treasure of his heart was, was revealed not because of the absence of sin in his life, but because his heart and he saw that he had sinned and that he made himself right with God again. My point is, let's look to David's response to his sin to be the example for us tonight. And we must be willing to practice checking our hearts through honest reflection like David did too. I'm coming in for a landing. Appreciate everyone being on tonight with us on our broadcast. Our lesson from David is this. Make heart checks a regular habit of your spiritual life. This is why he's a great example of the reason for doing heart checks. When we check our hearts in our personal time with God, using the word of God, that's our tool, that's our lens through which we look through everything when we become Christians, it gives God that opportunity to transform us, to continue the work, that ongoing work of transformation in us, to make us more like him, and to help us shed the things of our former selves. Bible says we're made new in Christ. We're new creations. And the old man is gone. It also empowers us by his spirit to do the work that the Lord would have us do in our world today. Heart checks are hard. Heart checks are not comfortable for our humanity or flesh. We want to resist them. We want to hide. We want to ignore it. It's like, you know, we want to avoid it. Like the, the dirty piles of laundry we walk past eight times a week and act like they're not there. It's there. They're still there, even if we want to ignore it. Or those stack of dirty dishes sitting up in the sink right now. Walk past it every morning and just pull out a new plate. Just pretend it's not there. It's still there. But heart checks require being honest with ourselves. They require humility. They require our vulnerability before God. But heart checks are what facilitate our transformation. The kind that only the Spirit of God can do and the only kind that a Christian needs. Amen. And sometimes... We might not know what needs to be made right, especially when we're new to our walk with God. 
new in our walk with God, if you're if you're new to this kind of Christian life and using the the Bible as your tool and as your measurement, sometimes we don't know exactly what needs to be made right, but we do know who helps us make things right, and we do know how, and that's through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now I'm really landing. I'm landing. The airplane has landed. We have hit the ground. Everyone start clapping because that's what they do for the pilot. Here's a couple of questions that we can begin with. Maybe as we begin our week, tomorrow's Monday, let's consider these in our need for a heart check. Whose image am I reflecting? Mine or God's, the one we were made in? Whose path am I on? And who's leading it? Whose desires are being met? Whose plans am I following? These personal heart checks are a necessary part of our spiritual life as Christians. There are checks and balance system and how wherever we find time to do that with the Lord, we need to find time to do it. It's got to become a, a habit for us, form that habit, that discipline in your spiritual life. And it will give God the opportunity to come and continue that work of ongoing process of transformation in us. Amen. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. We're happy to serve you all through our digital broadcast. And we want to invite you, please, to uh, visit us at newarcupc.info. You should see it on your screens there to learn more about us and how you can participate with us on our digital campus. We hope to see you back here on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We do nightly broadcast six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday at 7 p.m. So please join us. And don't forget, prepare those questions for Ask Pastor Steve Anything. That will be Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Come and let's have some fun. Let's try to stump him. I don't know. Just try to, you know, we'll just try to run, roll him under, under the roll over him a couple times with that bus. I forgot what the saying is. But anyway, good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.